You are now listening to The Forefront Radio, where we discuss history, the Bible, the history of the Israelites, science, and other matters. Bring it out. The history of the blacks, Hispanics, and Native Americans as it relates to the Bible. Who were you prior to slavery? Who were you prior to colonization? These answers and more can be seen and heard as you listen to The Forefront Radio. Never put your feelings to the side for the better. Repent and die from your own pleasure. 
The kingdom is way beyond measure. How can you claim that you follow a God, but you cannot discern who he made to be prophets? How can you stay in your sins when death is the wages of sin, so don't get that deposit? Huh. Unlike these nations, I hold obligation to build a foundation. We're lost, my people seeking for salvation, but self-deprivation is causing my nation to fall. Huh. Who gonna rise for the occasion? Who gonna rise for the nation? Who gonna put on the whole armor of God so when we together, it's like an invasion? In conversation, who can persuade them? If they got ears, let them hear that obey them. You in the spirit, you can obtain it. But all the others, Messiah, gon' slay them. That's why you see all the prophets here crying aloud. 144 rocking the crown. I pray on the day when the Lord come around. You keeping these laws cause he's shutting it down. We finna give up the ghost. 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 Joshua 8 and 4 Gideon You're going to try to be a little faster with this one It's getting late The book of Joshua oh, chapter 8 verse 4 And he commanded them saying Behold ye shall lie in wait against the city Even behind the city Go not very far from the city But be ye all ready and I and all the people that are with me will approach unto the city. And it shall come to pass when they come out against us as at the first that we will flee before them. For they will come out after us till we have drawn them from the city. For they will say, first, for they will say, they flee before us as at the first. Therefore we will flee before them. Then you shall rise up from the ambush. This is a, a popular Israelite tactic. We will pretend. We're on the run, and then as the heathens attack us and chase us from behind, he would come out and ambush them. It's called guerrilla warfare. The Maroons did that a lot. The Maroons did that a lot. In the Northern Kingdom, on this side of the world, did that with the white man a lot. Guerrilla warfare. He would feign defeat, run away, we're retreating, and then as the heathens attack, chase us, we'd come out from behind and get them. We'd ambush, that was our most popular tactic. Ambushments, ambushments. We on? Then you shall rise up from the ambush and seize upon the city. For the Lord your God will deliver it into your hand. And it shall be when ye have taken the city that ye shall set the city on fire. According to the commandment of the Lord shall ye do. See, I have commanded you. Joshua therefore sent them forth, and they went to lie in ambush and abode between Bethel and Ai. On the west side of Ai, but Joshua lies that night among the people. 
And Joshua rose up early in the morning and numbered the people and went up, he and the elders of Israel, before the people of Ai, for the people to Ai. And all the people, even the people of war that were with him, went up and drew nigh and came before the city and pitched on the north side of Ai. Now there was a valley between them and Ai. And he took about 5,000 men and sent them to lie in ambush between Bethlehem and Ai on the west side of the city. And when they had set the people, even all the hosts that was on the north of the city, and their liars and their liars in wait on the and their liars in wait on the west of the city, Joshua went that night into the midst of the valley. And it came to pass when the king of Ai saw it, they that that they hastened and rose up early. And the men of the city went out against Israel to battle, he and all his people, at a time appointed before the plain. Uh-huh. But he was not that there were liars and ambushed against him behind the city. Uh -huh. And Joshua and all Israel made as if they were beaten before them and fled by the way of the wilderness. And all the people that were in Ai were called together to pursue after them. And they pursued after Joshua and were drawn away from the city. And there was not a man left in Ai, in Ai or Bethel and went not after Israel. And went not... That went, not, that went not after Israel. That went not out after Israel. I mean, they all chased behind us. Left their, left their city un, uh, unguarded. Go ahead. And they left the city open and pursued after Israel. And the Lord said unto Joshua, Stretch out the spear that is in thy hand. The spear in your hand. Go ahead. For I would give it into thy hand. And Joshua stretched out the spear that he had in his hand toward the city. And the ambush arose quickly out of their place. And they ran as soon as he had stretched out his hand. And they entered into the city and took it, and hastened and set the city on fire. That's all I want. That was by accident, actually. It would be Judges 8. But that's good. That's good. I went there first. Get Judges 8 now. Judges 8 and verse 4. The book of Judges, chapter 8, verse 4. So that's the tactic that Israel used in winning a lot of, winning a lot of wars. Judges 8 and 4 now. And Gideon came to Jordan and passed over. He and the 300 men that were with him. Faint, yet pursuing them. And he said unto the men of Sukkot, Give, I pray you, loaves of bread unto the people that follow me, for they be faint, and I am pursuing after Zabah and Zamuna, kings of Midian. And the princes of Sukkot said, Are the hands of Zabah and Zamuna now in thy hand, that we should give bread unto thy army? And Gideon said, Therefore, when the Lord hath delivered Zabah and Zamuna into my hand, then I will tear your flesh with the thorns of the wilderness and with fire. And he went up thence to Penuel and spake unto them likewise. And the men of Penuel answered him as the men of Sukkoth had answered him. And he spake also unto the men of Penuel, saying, When I come again in peace, I will break down this tower. Now Zabah and Zamuna were in Kokor, and their host with them, about 15,000 men, all that were left of all the hosts of the children of the east. For there fell a hundred and twenty thousand men that drew swords. Yeah. And Gideon went up by the way of them that dwelt in tents on the east of the bar, and Jagalah, and smote the host, for the host was secure. And when Zabah and Zamuna fled, he pursued after them, and took the two kings of Midian, Zabah and Zamuna, and discomfited all the hosts. And Gideon, the son of Joash, returned from battle before the sun was up, and caught a young man of the men of Sukkot and inquired of him. And described unto him the princes of Shekoth and the elders thereof, even three score and seventeen men. And he came unto the men of Shekoth and said, Behold, Zabah and Zamuna, with whom ye did upbraid me, saying, Are the hands of Zabah and Zamuna men that are weary? 
and he took the elders of the city and thorns of the wilderness and briars. And with them he taught the men of the taught the men of Sukkot. And he beat down the tower of Penuel and slew the men of the city. Then said he unto Tabar and Zamuna, What manner of men were they whom he slew at Tabar? And they answered, As thou art, so were they. Each one resembled the children of king, children of a king. And he said, We had again. Then said he unto Zabar and Zamuna, What kind of men did you kill? Go ahead. What manner of men were they whom he slew at Tabar? And they answered, As thou art, They look like you. Go ahead. So were they. Each one resembled the children of a king. Each one resembled the children of a king. That's how he looked. At the child of a king. A noble look. Go ahead. And he said, There were my brethren, even the sons of my mother, as the Lord lived. If you had saved them alive, I would not slay you. You had spared my family, I would have killed you. I want to kill you, get. And he said unto Jether, his firstborn. He said unto Jether, his firstborn, go ahead. Up and slay them. You killed them, go ahead. But the youth drew not his sword. The young boy didn't draw his sword. His son didn't draw his sword. Why? For he feared because he was yet He was still little. So that's why I said earlier that our youth were acquainted with war. We would bring our children to war with us and how to fight. He said, you kill him. The son's the son too little. He couldn't do it. He couldn't kill it. Go ahead. Verse 21. Yeah. Hold on, hold on. Yo, this, like, you know, when we was young, you know, this is something heavy because, you know, like, when you're young, you know when you're young, the games that you play, you know today, the kids and them today, what they do, they sit down and they play video games in the house and so forth. Well, growing up, growing up in the island, this, I'm talking about me, the kind of games we play was fighting games. You know, we're going to play karate like you know we i used to go to karate class as a little kid you know what i mean so these are the games we used to play every day every day as little boys we playing karate fighting you understand that's what we did you know yeah. and and as li little growing up that's the game that's how we used to get down as little kids in the island and you could ask ask my brother tobias man you know we used to be doing some crazy stuff you know what i mean <laughs> One time, bro, one time I literally run up a dude's chest, man, and kick him in his head. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> Don't believe that story, man. No, for real, bro. I tell you, this dude chased me like five miles, man. Like five, and this dude was a big dude, too. You know, so he chasing me, he was chasing me, chasing me, dog. I was running. Because <laughs> I'm like, if this dude hold me, he go, he go. You know, he was a big dude, man, but I ran up his chest and kick him in his head, you know? <laughs> but, you know, I'm just saying, as young kids, that's what we used to do. We play wild, we fight karate and stuff like that. Today is a different thing for the brothers, um, kids and them today. They sit down and play video games, Millennium. which, yeah, this millennial. Menin them, these millennial, millennial. Millennials. Millennials, kids, you know what I mean? <laughs> All right. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> 20 verse 20 again verse 21 verse 20 and he said unto Jephthah his firstborn up and slay them but the youth drew not his sword but he feared because he was yet a youth he was still little go ahead then Zabah and Zamuna said rise thou and fall upon us yo just kill us man just kill us already go ahead for as the man is so is his strength and Gideon arose and slew Zabah and Zamuna and took away the ornaments and were on their camp that were on their camels next. That's it, that's all I want. Let's get Psalms 83, verse 11. Zeba and Zamuna. So Gideon killed Zeba and Zamuna. 
is a very famous battle that David spoke about in Psalms. Psalms 83. Psalms chapter 83, verse 11. 11. Make their nobles like Oren and like Zed. Yea, all their princes as Zabah and as Zamun, who say, let us take to ourselves the houses of God in possession. So David said, let, them, let, let those who, who, uh, who plot to take our land in possession to be like Zeba and Zamuna. David is praying for the death of his enemies. Psalms 83 is God's hit list and David is wishing and praying for death of the enemy. That's in the Bible. It's, it's there. All right. Let them be as Zeba and Zamuna, who said, Let us take to ourselves the houses of God in possession. The heathen that say this, let them be as Zeba and Zamuna. Let us kill them. That's what David is saying. Get war of the Jews, page 43. We're going to start at Risen Up and End That Warrior. War of the Jews, page 43. Started um which says risen up and at warrior. At the top. who could be called upon for the selfless for the selfless and coordinated action required of a commando force. Gideon rehearsed this bold strategy with his now elite unit, and in three divisions they approached the armed camp of the Midianites and Amalekites. He did what Abraham did. Yeah. That lay along in the valley like locusts a multitude for multitude. Into the valley stole the three hundred, suddenly breaking pitchers and blowing horns all at the same moment. The startled hordes of invaders fled in panic and fought among themselves, convinced that 300 disciplined army divisions had surrounded them. With the enemy fleeing in disarray, the larger Israelite reserve forces were able to mow down some 120,000 of their oppressors. Damn. At this point in Israel's history... Wait, wait, wait. Let me stop on that. Stopping at... Warrior, right? Stop that, ready? Warrior. No, you go. Okay, you go. At this point in Israel's history, the judge Samson appears. No book chronicling Hebrew military history will be complete without comment on Samson. Yet, he was not a war leader. He did not command armies or mobilize the Israelite tribes to battle. Uh -huh. Yet, his mythos symbolizes strength in battle. His mythos symbolizes strength in battle. Go ahead. He was a charismatic hero, per se. 
When the spirit moved him, this ecstatic Nazarite could slay a multitude of Philistines with the jawbone of an ass. Now, if you want to read about that, just watch, watch and read. That's all it stands from there. Go ahead. He was, however, a completely wild and simple man whose main... Wait, 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 real part again, he was what? He was, however, a completely wild... So even though he was strong and powerful, he was superhuman. He was, however, a completely wild and what? And simple man. And simple man. He was simple as hell. Go ahead. Whose main drive was his strong sexual appetite. For Hamite women. Go ahead. Such guile and cunning as he possessed was twice overcome by Philistine women. Yep. Only when seized by an all-consuming rage, the spirit of the Lord, did he transform into an unconquerable warrior. Only when he got really upset and angry, did he transform into an unconquerable, unconquerable warrior. The spirit of the Lord came upon him, you breaking things, ripping gates off. But he was simple. Right. And, and lustful. That's that's it says that Samson was a lustful brother. You understand? Remember in, in um I think it's in Ezra's Ezra's four talk about brothers that lose their wits of yeah. a woman, man. Samson was one of those brothers. And you also got a lot of you brothers that's amongst us today that you will lose your wits for women, man. You understand? You got sisters that that, that come to the congregation, they haven't changed, they haven't repented yet, and some of you brothers ready to jump on them. You're within two, three months, the sister here, you brothers ready to marry the sister. You don't lost your wits for a woman, man. And when things go on, when things start going downhill, well, all I gotta tell you brothers that do that is that y'all don't come to us for no counsel, man. You know what I mean? If that sister turn out to be a dragon, a demon, don't come to us and be like, yo, brother, you know, sister do this or that, yo, or I, I want to put her away. No, you're going to stay with that sister. Just, watch, just, just watch that cartoon, How to Train Your Dragon. <laughs> watch that. Yeah. Get some pointers from that. Judges 14, verse 5. Judges 14, verse 5. Book of Judges, chapter 14, verse 5. Then went Samson down and his father and his mother to Tanakh and came to the vineyards of Tanakh. And behold, a young lion roared against him. And the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him. Got that earlier in that book. Go ahead. And he rent him as he would have rent a kid. And he, and he had nothing in his hand. But he told not his father or his mother what he had done. And he went down and talked with the woman, and she pleased Samson well. So wait, the spirit of God entered in Samson. He ripped the lion like a kid. He played with it like a, like it was a baby goat. He destroyed it. Destroyed a young lion. A young lion is a fierce, heavy, ferocious animal. And he beat it like it was like it was a kid goat. Go ahead. And he went down and talked with the woman, and she pleased Samson well. And at that time he returned to take her, and he turned aside to see the carcass of the lion. And behold, there was a swarm of bees and honey in the carcass of the lion. And he took thereof in his hand, and went on eating, and came to his father and mother. And he gave them, and they did eat. So he saw honey inside the, inside the body of this dead lion, which is, which is defiled now. And he sees honey on it, and he goes and takes it and starts eating some. Go ahead, and does what? But he told not them 
But he told not them that had that he had taken the honey out of the carcass. And he the fed this to foul honey to his parents and tell them. Samson was simple, I'm telling you, simple. Go ahead. So his father went down into the woman, and Samson made their feast. But so used the young men to do That's all I want. Get on 15, verse 9 and 17. Judges chapter 15, verse 9. Then the Philistines went up and pitched in Judah and spread themselves in Lahar. And the men of Judah said, Why are ye come up against us? And they answered, To bind Samson are we come up, to do to him as he have done to us. Then 3,000 men of Judah went to the top of the rock, Edom, and said to Samson, Knowest thou not that the Philistines are rulers over us? What is this that thou hast done unto us? And he said unto them, As they did unto me, so have I done unto them. And they said unto him, We are come down to bind him, that we may deliver thee into the hand of the Philistines. And Samson said unto them, Swear unto me that ye will not fall upon me yourself. So Judas, listen, Judas, listen man. We don't have no problem. You bring them problems to us. You fight these Philistines, they rule over us. So we're going to take you to them. We want no problems. So Samson promised me you won't kill me yourself. He said, we promised we ain't going to kill you ourselves. We're going to take you, we're going to take you to, the, to, to, the, Philistines, to um, the Philistines ourselves. Go ahead. And they spake unto him, saying, No, but we will bind thee fast and deliver thee into, the, into their hand, and surely we will not kill thee. And they bound him with two new cords and brought him up from the, from the rock. And when, the, and when he came unto Lahai, the Philistines shouted against him, and the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him, and the cords that were upon his arms became as flats that was burnt with fire, and his bands loosed from off his hands. Damn, broke them off. Go ahead. And he found a new jawbone of an ass, and pulled forth his hand, and took it, and slew a thousand men therewith. And Samson said with the jawbone of an ass, heaps upon heaps, with the jawbone of an ass have I slain a thousand men. And it came to pass when he had made an end of speaking that he cast away the jawbone out of his hand and called that place Ramathlaha. That's all I want. So Samson killed a thousand men with the jawbone of an ass. That's not watch a read um, video. I can watch it on there. Um, History, of the Jews, History of the Jews, Volume 1, by Henrik Greats, on page 64. Page 64. I want in those troubled times on page 64. We're going to end at unexpected attacks. In those troubled times, there arose two deliverers who drove off the enemy and procured temporary relief. Jephthah and Samson, mm -hmm. two individuals, disregarding order and discipline. What did, hold on, what did they do? What did they do? In those troubled times, there arose two deliverers who drove off the enemy and procured temporary relief. <laughs> Jephthah and Samson, two adventurers disregarding order and discipline. Disregarded order and discipline, go ahead. Brought their powers to bear, as much for evil as for good. They both displayed extraordinary activity. But while Jephthah was a warrior who conquered his enemy by warlike measures, Samson, though endowed with great strength and daring, appears to have overcome his enemies by stratagem and unexpected attacks. Good. Okay, so by stratagems and unexpected attacks. So Jephthah and Samson are known for their 
dis or disregarding order and discipline, but they were still good warriors in terms of strength, daring, and stratagems and unexpected attacks. And they were known for we were known for that. Get First Samuel four and six. First Samuel four and six. I'm trying to get to the good stuff, but it's getting late. First Samuel four to six, a little better stuff. The book of First Samuel, chapter four, verse six. And when the Philistines heard the noise of the shout, they said, What meaneth the noise of this great shout in the camp of the Hebrews? And they understood that the ark of the Lord was come into the camp. And the Philistines were afraid, for they said, God is coming to the camp. And they said, Woe unto us, for there hath not been such a thing heretofore. Woe unto us, who shall deliver us out of the hands of these mighty gods? These are the gods that smote the Egyptians with all the plagues in the wilderness. Be strong and quit yourselves like men, O ye Philistines, that ye be not servants unto the Hebrews, as they have been to you. Quit yourselves like men and fight. We're going to read that again another time. Get 1532. I should have read that first. Get 1532. We'll go back to that. 1532. First Samuel chapter 15, verse 30. Chapter 35. Then said Samuel, Bring ye hither to meet Agag, the king of the Amalekites. And Agag came unto him delicately. And Agag said, Surely the bitterness of death is past. And Samuel said, As thy sword hath made women childless, so shall thy mother be childless among women. Dang. Go ahead. And Samuel hewed Agag in pieces. What did Samuel do? And Samuel hewed Agag in pieces before the Lord. In Cut his arms off, his leg, he hewed him in pieces. He hacked. Agag to pieces, Samuel. Samuel was no joke, go ahead. Then Samuel went to Ramah, and Saul, and Saul went up to his house, to Gibeah of Saul, of Saul, Gibeah of Saul. And Samuel came no more to see Saul until the day of his death. Nevertheless, Samuel mourned for Saul, and the Lord repented that he had made Saul king over Israel. Get 8, 19 to 22, chapter 8, verse 19. No, I'm sorry, six, no, 16, verse 4. Get 16, verse 4. 16 verse 4, yeah. 1 Samuel chapter 16 verse 4. And Samuel did that which the Lord spake and came to Bethlehem. And the elders of the town trembled at his coming. The elders, the elders of the town of Bethlehem trembled at Samuel's coming. Yeah. And his coming and said, Comest thou peaceably? And they asked Samuel, You come in peace? Samuel was a fearsome man. Did you come peaceably? Go ahead. And he said, Peaceably. He said, Everything's okay. And now, oh, that's all I want. He said everything he said peacefully. So Samuel was no joke either. All right? Get chapter 8, verse 19. Now we're going to get, that was Samuel. We're going to go to, um, to David now. 8, verse 19. The book of 1 Samuel, chapter 8, verse 19. Nevertheless, the people refused to obey the voice of Samuel. And they said, Nay, but we will have a king over us. Yeah. That we also may be like all the nations. And that our king may judge us and go out before us and fight our battles. No, we want to we have the king like the heathens do. Go ahead. And Samuel heard all the words of the people. And he rehearsed them in the ears of the Lord. And the Lord says to Samuel, Hearken unto their voice and make them a king. And Samuel said unto the men of Israel, Go ye every man unto his city. And that's how Saul became king, because Israel desired to have a king like the other nations. Get chapter 9, verse 1. 1 Samuel chapter 9, verse 1. 
Now there was a man of Benjamin whose name was Kish, the son of Ab Ab Abiel, the son of Zor, Zor, Zor the son of Bacar, the son of Aphiah, a Benjamite, a mighty man of power. And he had a son whose name was Saul, a choice young man, and a goodly. And there was not among the children of Israel a goodlier person than he. From his shoulders and upward, he was a, he was higher than any of the people. Saul was very tall. He's very tall among the rest. Get chapter 10, verse 1. Chapter 10, verse 1. Then Samuel took a vow of order and poured it upon his head and kissed him and said, Is it not because the Lord have anointed thee to be captain over his inheritance? When thou art departed from me today, then thou shalt find two men by Rachel's sepulchre in the border of Benjamin at Zelzer. And they, and they will say unto thee, The asses which thou wentest to seek are found. And lo, thy father hath left the care of the asses, and sorrow for you, saying, What shall I do for my son? Then shalt thou go, then shalt thou go on forward from this, and thou shalt come to the plain of Tabor. And there shall meet thee three men going up to God to Bethlehem. One carrying three kids, and another carrying three loaves of bread, and another carrying a bottle of wine. And they will salute thee, and give thee two loaves of bread, which thou shalt receive of their hands. And after that thou shalt come to the hill of God, where is the garrison of the Philistines. And it shall come to pass, when thou art come thither to the city, that thou shalt be the company of prophet, prophets, coming down from the high place with a, with a psalter, Here we go. and a tavern, and a pipe, and a harp, before them, and they shall prophesy. And the Spirit of the Lord will come upon thee, that thou shalt prophesy with them, and shall be turned into another man. So Saul's spirit will be changed into another man. I mean, he'll be, become more powerful, more mighty, more and braver than he was. Go ahead. In the book, it took time. Go ahead. Verse 7. And let it be when these signs are come unto thee, that thou do as occasion serve thee. For God is with thee. And thou shalt go down before me to give them. And behold, I will come down unto thee to offer burnt offerings, and to sacrifice sacrifices of peace offerings. Seven days shalt thou tarry till I come to thee, and show thee what thou shalt do. And it was so that when he had turned his back to go from Samuel, God gave him another heart. Change his heart, go ahead. And all those signs came to pass that day. And when they came thither to the hill, behold, a company of prophets met him. And the Spirit of God came upon him. And he prophesied among them. He prophesied among them. His spirit was changed. Get chapter 10, verse, uh, chapter verse 20. Verse 20. And when Samuel had caused all the tribes of Israel to come near, the tribe of Benjamin was taken. When he had called the tribe of Benjamin to come near by their family, the family of the tree was taken. And Saul, the son of Kish, was taken. And when they sought him, he called, he called not, he could not be found. Therefore they inquired of the Lord further, if the man shall yet come thither. And the Lord answered, Behold, he had hid himself among the stuff. So his spirit was not fully changing. He, still, he was still hiding. Okay, they, they called for him and Saul was hiding somewhere. Go ahead. And they ran and fetched him thence. And when he stood among the people, he was higher than any of the people. He was tall. He was be tall. Go ahead. From his shoulders and upward. And Samuel said to all the people, See ye him, whom the Lord hath chosen, that there is none like him among all the people. And all the people shouted and said, God save the king. Then Samuel told the people the manner of the kingdom and wrote it in a book and laid it up before the Lord. And Samuel sent all the people away, every man to his house. And Saul also went home to Gebeah. And there went with him a band of men whose hearts God had touched. But the children of Bilal, 
evil, evil Jake, go ahead. How shall this man save us? And they despised him and brought him no presents, but he held his peace. See, so you got haters. Right. Hey, the, the, the children of Baal's mean the children of the devil. Meaning yeah. Satan was working in these men, and they didn't even know that. They, they here's the Mosai appointed a man to be leader in Israel. And you got the, the children of Baal, meaning the children of the devil, they murmuring and going against King Saul. How can this man save us? This, that, that. Running their running they mouth. You understand what I'm saying? So it's the same thing you all see today, man. You got children of the devil just running their mouth. You understand? So that's what I want to show you. And the first thing when Saul, when Saul was set up, what, what, he, what, he, what he encountered? Opposition. You all understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. The first thing Saul, when he was set up as a king, then here come the haters. Here come the opposition against him. You know, that's what I'm trying to show you all. You all, you know, things, things ain't going, things not, it, um, leaders is not going to be set up. And there's not going to be opposition against that leader. You understand? Men of God is not going to be set up. And there's not going to be oppositions against the men of God. Okay? You can add yeah, um, 13 verse 1 and 2. 2 Samuel chapter 13 verse 1. Saul reigned one year. And when no, he yeah, had, first Samuel, first Samuel 13. First Samuel chapter 13 verse 1. Saul reigned one year, and when he had reigned two years over Israel, Saul chose him 3,000 men of Israel, whereof 2,000 were with Saul in Michmash. And in Mount Bethel, and a thousand were with Jonathan and Gabriel. So, two, so he had three thousand men he chose. Two thousand stayed with him, and one thousand stayed with his son Jonathan. Go ahead. And Gabriel eventually, and the rest of the people he sent every man to his tent. So Saul kept three thousand men by his side, two thousand by his side, and one thousand for his son Jonathan. Watch this. You know what I want, Andres? I want um the Jews inside with no war. The Jews again, page forty-five. War of the Jews, page 45. We're almost there, I'm trying to get there. War of the Jews, page 45. And King Saul, the Israelites were, were to find a hero who combined the ecstatic spirit of... Oh, wait, I'm sorry. Well, I said start out, I start at, uh... Four heads and end that Jonathan. You start there? Yeah. Four heads and end that Jonathan. Right there, for his subsequent campaign. For his subsequent campaign aimed at the Philistines, Saul did handpick 3,000 men stationing 1,000 of these with his son Jonathan. Uh-huh, watch this. Rather than throw down a ceremonial gauntlet, Saul crushed the Philistine gar garrison at Gibber. The Philistines responded with 30,000 chariots, 6,000 cavalry, and infantry in the hundreds of thousands, intimidated and armed only with farming tools. Most of the Israelites headed for the hills. The Israelites needed a miracle and scripture records and scripture records an earthquake that handed the Philistine army a great defeat. King Saul followed up with actions against the other neighboring people that had raided and despoiled Israelite towns and villages. Amalek, Ammon, Edom, and Moab, Saul marched 210,000 men against Amalek, first warning the friendly Kenites to leave Amalekite land to avoid destruction. Come on. This is for his and that Jonathan. 
Let's not step it too far. Get in get the um Jewel's Encyclopedia, page 270. I'm gonna stop at Jonathan. That's all I wanted, but it says Jonathan, that's it. Get page 270, Jewel's Encyclopedia, that's what I wanted really. Jewel's Encyclopedia, page 270, other biblical mighty men, and we're gonna end that subjects. Gotta end, we gotta, gotta end where I end, cause you don't do, if I, I get lost, you do that. That's what I say, end at Jonathan, stop the Jonathan, don't move me further than that. Other biblical mighty men and end at subjects. Let me get there. Start at other biblical mighty men and end at subjects. So go beyond that. End at subjects. Other biblical mighty men right there on top left. End at subjects. Other biblical mighty men were Shamgar, Judges 3.31, Jonathan, David, Joab, Abishai, Asiel, Joshua Bean, the Hagmanite, Eleazar, and Shamgar. Saul is, Saul is said to have gathered around him strong and valiant men and encouraged physical development among his subjects. Read again. Saul is said to have gathered around him strong and valiant men. 3,000, go ahead. And encouraged physical development among his subjects. And he encouraged them to be physically developed, meaning they had to work out. They had to have, he had strong men around him. They had to be in shape to watch him and his son. Right, meaning they didn't have no pot belly, you know what I mean? The new brothers that got that little, you know, so <laughs> you know, so it's okay to stay in shape, man. You talk, what you love it? What you just said? Yeah, man. So, what you just said, man? <laughs> you told me those things, right? <laughs> nah, but it, we did. We did have a program like that. We encouraged brothers to work out, whatever. Called it the Six Thousand Club. <laughs> oh, we got the Man of Valor program set up. You understand? Every Sunday and water days, where brothers come, you know, on Wednesdays. Right. Um, Sundays and Wednesdays, Wednesdays, where brothers is being trained. You know what I mean? I think you all be doing like different push-ups and different exercises and stuff to keep you brothers in shape and so forth. It's a program that is set up and it's rigorous to put you brothers through certain training before you go to camp. You understand? So, so what we're reading about here. It says it told you that that's that um Saul he made sure he made sure the men around him was fit. You understand the men and them was ready for war. You know, and it's the same thing in this truth, man. You all gotta make sure you are spiritually strong. You know what I mean? You are spiritually ready for war. And also physically, man. You understand? You can't have a brother that he can't, you know, he can't even run, like you know. <laughs> you know, he can't run. He can't run one block. He's like, <laughs> you know. So it's good. So when you read the scriptures, they tell you our forefathers was in shape. When you read all the scriptures, because it's a lot of scriptures that it got going into how our forefathers was, man. You understand? It wasn't games to play with. And I think we're going to be able to touch on, on, on a lot too much of them tonight, right? <laughs> Not too much, no. All right, all right. Yeah, I ain't trying to kill us all, man. Just all the program. Come on, you might as well say it. You yeah, I can do it, it, man. I can do it. <laughs>
We got to, soon we're going to be setting up our exclusive club. I've been talking about this for a while. We're going to be called a Mighty Man Club. You know, you're going to have your little membership and so forth. You know what I mean? You got to go on some exclusive training. You know what I mean? It's not, you know, meaning scriptural, physical, and all of that. You know, you're going to be the Mighty Man Club, you know? Oh, crazy. <laughs> <laughs> two men left. Within <laughs> two days. <laughs> you know? What else I wanted? Um, get 3.19, Samuel 13, verse 19. Stand Samuel 13, verse 19. We're getting there now. The book of 1 Samuel, chapter 13, verse 19. Yep. Now, there was no smith found throughout all the land of Israel. But the Philistines said, lest the Hebrews make them swords and spears. Right, it, there, was, there were no swordsmiths. So they were afraid they were afraid we were gonna learn to make weapons. Go ahead. But all the Israelites went down to the Philistines to sharpen every man his sword and his coast and his axe and his mattock. Yet they had a foul for the mattocks and for the coaches and for the forts and for the axes and to sharpen the golds. Yep, the ox golds. Go ahead. So it came to pass in the day of battle that there was neither sword nor spear found in the hand of any of the people that were with Saul and Jonathan. But with Saul and with Jonathan, his son was there found. So Saul and Jonathan were, were, were the only ones that were actually armed with weapons. Go ahead. And the garrison of the Philistines went out to the passage of Mishmash. Now get 26 verse 6. 26 verse 6. 1 Samuel chapter 26 verse 6. Then answered David and said to Ahimelech the Hittite, answered Abishai the son of Zeruah, Brother to Joab, saying, Who will go down with me to Saul to the camp? And Abishai said, I will go down with you. So David and Abishai came to the people by night. And behold, Saul lay sleeping within the trench, and his spear stuck in the ground at his bolster. So Saul stuck his spear in the ground while he was asleep. Go ahead. But Abner and the people lay around about him. Then said Abishai to David, God have delivered thy enemy into thy hand this day. Now therefore, let me smite him. I pray with the spear, even to the earth at once. Let me kill him with his own spear. Go ahead. And I would not smite him the second time. I'll stab him one time. All I need is one stab. That's it. I won't stab him the second time. Just one time. Go ahead. And David said to Abishai, destroy him not. Don't touch him. Go ahead. For who can stretch forth his hand against the Lord's anointing and be guiltless. Go ahead. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Read that one more time again. Verse 8. Verse 9. Verse 9. And David said to Abishai, destroy him not. So David, this is David saw his enemy. Uh, David saw his enemy helpless. You understand? I want you to see what took place here. Read on. For who can stretch forth his hand against the Lord's anointing? So what, what, what David understood? David understood that, that Saul was God anointed. Meaning God chose Saul. And God was using Saul to do certain things. You understand? He told you the most I God used Saul to fight enough battles and so forth. So David understood that 
the most I had anointed Saul. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be the one to kill him. Mm -hmm. You understand? Because, but David could have easily killed him. Mm -hmm. But David said, you know what? I'm not gonna be the one to do that because let the Lord deal with that. You know what I mean? Even though this man is chasing me down to kill me and so forth, I'm gonna let the Lord deal with him. You understand? I'm not gonna be the one to kill the Lord anointed. You know, but read on. And who can stretch forth his hand against the Lord's anointed and be guiltless? And be what? Guiltless. So anyone, any anyone of you all go against anybody that the that the Lord anointed. You understand? And you're, that's why the Lord said you can't take vengeance in your own hand. You understand? And you try to destroy that man. You ain't going to be guiltless, man. You know what I mean? You're not going to be guiltless. None of, none of us. You know? So that spirit that David got in them, we all have to learn that spirit right there. You know, because you know sometimes you might be mad at somebody or, or you might be going, you might be mad at somebody and you want to take things in your own hand to, to bring judgment on that person. You know, we can't roll in that spirit and we can learn that, we can learn that from David. That's the spirit we got to have. You know what I mean? That's why the Lord said vengeance belongs to him. You know? Just 2 Samuel 1 verse 5. 5 to 6. Book of 2 Samuel chapter 1 verse 5. And David said unto the young man that told him, How... How knowest thou that Saul and Jonathan his son be dead? And the young man that told him said, As I happened by chance upon Mount Gabor, behold, Saul leaned upon his spear. Upon his what? Upon his spear. Upon his spear. Go ahead. And lo, the chariots and horsemen followed hard after him. So understand that that Saul is a spearman. Saul was a spearman. Get. Come on. Second Samuel one twenty two and twenty three. The book of 2 Samuel, chapter 1, verse 22. From the blood of the slain, from the fat of the mighty, the bow of Jonathan turned not back, and the sword of Saul returned not empty. Saul and Jonathan were lovely and pleasant in their lives, and in their death they were not divided. They were swifter than eagles. They were stronger than lions. I want you to type in the speed of an eagle. Google speed of an eagle. The fastest man alive is Benjamin. They were the fast, that's the fastest man alive, is the Usain Bolt. And before him was Benjamin again, the fastest man alive. The fastest woman alive is Benjamin. <laughs> before Benjamin, it was Judah. And before Judah was Gad in the Olympics. Google speed of an eagle, see what it says. 75 to 99 miles per hour. That's how fast they were. And stronger than lions. Do the math. Saul and Jonathan were superhuman men. I'm telling you, we were a problem. Israel was a problem. Now we're a fraction of this now. Everyone know more than what, 30 now? 20 something? If that, we say both like 30, I think. He runs like 30. Even that, so Esau's like, wow. 30 is fast. Hey. You know what scripture? That script, the scripture that will come to mind is that. You know what I want? Get that thing. We get weaker. The scripture says, as time goes by, yeah. we become weaker. Yeah, I'll get that yeah, another time. Later, later on. Oh, you go ahead. Yeah. Okay. Get that later, later on. Yeah. I got. That's minutes. another topic in itself. It is. <laughs> you know, but as time goes on, we become much weaker, man. 
you know, real. We become weaker in stature, meaning we become like look at look at Iton height. You understand? Iton and according to the scriptures, Iton is short. You know what I mean? So imagine imagine if he's short, imagine my height. You know, I'm like a dwarf. Yeah, you know. <laughs> you know, when it says Saul was tall in stature, it's not talking about Iton tall. It's talking about much taller, probably like twice, three times taller than Deacon Iton. Mm -hmm. You understand? He was tall in stature. And as time goes on, we all got weak. We get we get weaker physically, mentally, and we get shorter too. You understand as, as generation and time go back. Mm -hmm. This book is ridiculous. The book and author. You should get the author and name of the book. So Jonathan and Saul ran as fast as eagles. Let me show I want this though. I want. Yeah, I, yeah, I, mean, I, want, I want it. I'll take it. So they was running, they was running like that. Imagine, man. You know, today Hussein, he running what, 30 miles an hour or so? 30 something like that. 30 something. I remember the one. Remember that um, that movie with Jackie, the one when he was running and the car was driving next and the couple was like, man, he's going over 40 miles an hour. And he was like, <laughs> You know, <laughs> uh, you all got it? Yeah, man. So, you know, as time goes by, we get weaker, we get weaker, but with true strength, Christ going to give that back to us, man. You know, I don't know, but sometimes, sometimes, like, you know, it's something that in our body called adrenaline. You know what I mean? Adrenaline. And sometimes when that adrenaline activates, you get, you move a little faster than you usually move. You know what I mean? You all know what I'm talking about? Yeah, you get stronger too. You know, you get stronger, you move think faster. faster. You think, you know, like, you know, when that ad adrenaline, that little adrenaline kick in, it's, it's, a, it's a kind of, I forget what Esau call it in this science. But it usually activate, like, you know, sometimes some people, when they get scared, they do certain things. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, it's also, also that fear hormones that Esau, I think the fear hormone Esau said activated a little. You know what I mean? Like when somebody gets scared, they be running much faster. You're like, wait, look that dude running going on this shit. <laughs> like, yo, where he at? He all the way down there. <laughs> Got it? What book is it called? The book in the author? This book is the Holy Bible. The Holy Bible? Uh-huh. Containing the Old and New Testament. Uh, volume 2. Uh, volume 2 by... By, by Joseph Benson. Joseph Benson? Joseph Benson. Okay, let's read that. Load up, sir. That's as far as it goes. You can see, they could see. I can see verse 22. He maketh my feet like the highest. I don't know what it says, but he make that big or something. Or a screenshot or something, but that's too small. Yeah, 
Yeah, man. So we're reading about mighty men, mighty men in the scriptures, man. The men that the Mosai used to use. All of them, the Mosai, the Mosai put some kind of physical, spiritual power on them where they could go the extra mile, man. Each one of the men of them, God, um, each one of them, the, the men that God was using, you know, he put a different spirit on them, you know, for real. And, it, and, and what we reading about, like the Bible give us like little inklings of things that took place, but it didn't go into full, it didn't go into full, into the full, full, full aspect of the things that these men was doing, you know. I think there's a scripture where, I think one point in, um, is in Esther. Mordecai says some things he ain't writing about, man. Because he can put spirits on, on, on us, you know? Even Moses. Remember, the Lord told Moses, yo, don't write everything down. Some things make plain for everybody to understand, and some things write it in parables that make it hard to be understood, you know? So the most I, some things, the most I just write it down. He ain't write it in a sense where, you know, he ain't make it plain. You just hear that, oh, he like, um, they ran like eagles, far, as fast as an eagle. No, in your mind, you gotta say, you gotta go and say, damn, how fast does an eagle fly? Mm -hmm. And now when you check that, you're like, wait, that's fast. That's how fast these men was running. Mm -hmm. You know, so the Bible give us little things like this, but you know, we gotta, we gotta realize that we from, we came from a great people, mm -hmm. and we are great people. And 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 when you go into the and when you look into our forefathers, man, you know, we are powerful people, you know? We not like regular people, man. Every sports, even though I'm against sports, you know what I mean? I know some of you are doing for a job, but I'm against sports. God is against sports. All that Greek is fashion, you know? But, you know, um, that's why when you look at sports, any sports that our people get into, we dominate it. You understand? We just... The only reason we ain't dominate hockey as, as yet because that I don't know. I think we yeah we we don't want to mess with no with too no cold. yeah with no ice man. It's too cold man. That cold stuff. You know what I mean? But you might find some one Jake you that might Jake that that might be into the cold. You know what I mean? He be skating on the ice and doing all type of thing, running. You know, you know I'm telling you, Jake be doing some crazy stuff, man. You know I don't know. Um, back in the days I used to watch basketball. The last time I watched basketball is when Michael. Michael Jordan retired. Imagine how long ago that was. That's the last time I watched basketball. But he used to walk in the air. He literally used to walk. I used to be watching that thing. That man used to be jumping in the air and walking, man. Like he, like invisibly, he's stepping on something. I used to be like, what the hell? You know, mm -hmm. for real, man. He used to literally walk on the air. That's a skill. That's I never seen nobody do that before. That's why I call him Air Jordan. Yeah, Jordan. man. Yeah, so. So, after him, I never see nobody else do that, man. You know? No, I'm talking about after Michael Jordan. I just, like walking in the air, like walking. You know? Okay. All right, but that should show you, you know, it's, it's like a different present with Jake when it comes to sports, man. You know, and, and, and Esau used us, Esau used us for his entertainment. He knows. You know? Back in the days, they used us, they used our fighting skills. Like the, the sports we did back then, they used us as um, gladiators, gladiators you know, because we was bad with it, you know, with the, with the fighting and so forth. So they use us as sports, as gladiators and so forth, 
You know what I mean? Oh, you got it? Yeah, read it. Okay. All right, so we'll read uh, verse 33. Right, it's a commentary on, on what's said in the scriptures. Watch what he says. He maketh my feet like hind feet. That is most swift and nimble. That, is mean, that means most swift and nimble. Go ahead. As he makes me wise in counsel and contraband. Verse 32. So he makes me speedy and expeditious in execution, which are to be, which are the two great excellences of a captain. Which are the two great excellences of a captain, because he was a captain. Go ahead. He gives me great agility, either to flee and escape from my enemies when prudence requires it, or to pursue them when I when I see occasion. Swiftness of foot was reckoned a very honorable qualification among the ancient warriors. Uh-huh. That means speed was the most important qualification as a warrior. Go ahead. Who, as they generally fought on foot, were enabled by their agility and swiftness speedily to run from place to place, give orders, attack their enemies, defend their friends, and perform divers other offices. The service might require them. Of which we have many instances in the bat of, in the battles of Homer and Virgil. Right. One of the highest com commendations Homer gives his principal hero is taken from his swiftness, terming him continually swift-footed Achilles. This qualification was peculiarly useful to David, as the country of Judea. This qualification was peculiarly what was peculiarly useful to David. Go ahead. As the country of Judea and some of those uh, some of those where he was obliged to make war were very mountainous and steep, and set of me upon my high places. Hebrew, he maketh me to stand. That is either he places me in safe and strong places out of the reach of my enemies, or he confirms and establishes me in that high and honorable estate, into which he have advanced me, and gives me wisdom to improve my victory. Watch this. Verse 34. He, he teaches my hands to war. To him I owe all the military skill or strength or courage which I had. A bow of steel is broken by my arm. Chandler renders it, my arms have bent the bow of steel. That David was able to bend and draw together even a brazen bow or one of steel. Damn. And to use it in his wars was a proof of his great strength. A proof of his what? Great strength. Hey, watch this. Dr. Delaney, however, certainly draws an unwarranted conclusion. From these poetical, from these poetical expressions, when he, when he inferred from them that David was the swiftest and strongest of all mankind. David was the swiftest and strongest of all mankind. Right. This ain't talking about no white boy, man. You all get that? I hope you all understand that. This ain't talking about no Jewish. These people that's in Jerusalem today talking about I Yehudi, I Yehudi. They ain't talking about them. You know, this is talking about our people, man. This is talking about the American blacks here, yeah, the brothers that live in here in America. That's what it's talking about, because they the tribe of Judah. Mm -hmm. You understand? You all see that thing they be doing? You know? <laughs> Indeed. You know, they, yeah. if, if we kept the ordinance of the Most High, there's no way the jails would be populated with Israel, Hispanics, and blacks. We would not be in jail. Those bars wouldn't be able to hold us. But they couldn't hold us. Mm -hmm. All those bars would be bent. They lock us up. Chains break. Yeah. Seventy miles an hour. You know what I mean? We out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you.
working so hard to serve God And why when I say that I'm a Jew and sound odd For years I've been walking around saying that I'm a black man I ain't saying that no more to sound black man This is Bishop Nathaniel of Israel United in Christ Please subscribe to our YouTube channels Stay up to date with our latest events, music, and classroom lessons. IUIC plans to continue visiting different countries where this gospel has not been preached before. IUIC needs your help in pushing this truth. So join us. Subscribe to our Instagram. Facebook, Twitter, and podcasts, and stay up to date with us. For more information, please visit www.israelunite.org.